everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. Almost 4th of July. That's right, it is. It is uh, the 2nd, I believe. Yeah, so uh, fireworks, actually, where I live, were last night. So I feel like, you know, the festivity part is over. But um, the important part of freedom uh, is still to come. Yes, yes, that's true. I think uh, there are some places around here that had fireworks last night as well. Um, I'm sure there'll be others tonight. And yes, some people, uh, some places are strictly on the 4th, no matter if that is a weekday or, you know, whatever. Some people um, do stick to that day. Well, a lot of it is because the fireworks companies can't be everywhere at once. So, I mean, they have to spread it out over a couple of days. Well, and it's also good for tourism to like if you know if in a like a tri city area everybody has on the same night, then you sort of have to choose like which you know thing you're gonna go to. But if they're spread out, you can enjoy in your community and visit a neighboring community because there's generally like a lot of activities going on besides just the um, you know the fireworks display like there was a hot dog eating contest here yesterday um there was a patriotic like pet parade so <laughs> all of the pets you know were dressed up in their patriotic costumes and uh, there was a contest and that kind of thing too uh you know just a lot of uh, skating uh, just a lot of things going on and that is the city of barberville kentucky so i'm gonna skating? say shout out to them because uh, they really put on um, a lot of tourism activities during these uh, holidays. Skating? You know, I, I don't know who ate the most hot dogs, but... Um, no, you said skating. Yes, they, they had, so they had skating set up, and, um, you know, it was like uh, a certain part of the city blocked off, Oh, so it, roller skating. Yes, roller skating. Okay, I was going to say, uh, ice skating would have been a little difficult. Well, they actually do have that around the Christmas holiday. Yeah, but um, it's colder out. Yes, yes. Um, but you didn't even have to uh, have your own skates. So everything was free. Um, you could go, you know, get the skates and skate around. And right. That's something you really do every day. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Or any day, you know, depending. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. How many hot dogs? I know you like hot dogs. So, um, how many do you think you could eat in, like, I don't know, seven minutes? I think they had something like that. I could probably manage three, and that's about all I could handle. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I don't 
one would probably be it for me. I, I don't see, I cannot gulp down anything really, but um, so, like, so are uh, these hot dogs with stuff on them or are they just like hot dogs in a bun? They look like hot dogs in a bun, the best I could tell, but um, they had water, uh, lots of water, mm-hmm. and, and some people were dipping the hot dog, you know, into the water. Ugh. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> uh, make the the uh, bun a little mushy, so. Yeah, uh, it, it would make it a little yucky to me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. But, you know, more power to them because that is the beauty of freedom is that you don't have to like hot dogs to enjoy (laughs) or watch other people enjoy having that freedom of um, competition. Yeah, yeah. hot dogs and uh, apple pie and what else? Baseball? Uh, I like to have some soft serve ice cream contest going on. I'd enter that just to like yeah. have my... You can't eat ice cream fast, though. <laughs> slow eating one. I wouldn't win, but, you know, I'd be, like, in it to get that ice cream. Yeah, well, you can't eat that fast because then you get the ice cream headache, so... Yes, yes, you cannot be fast. Um, I don't know, brownies. I mean, you know, I could... Well, you can't eat those fast either, though, because they're so, like, you know, kind of dense. You'd have to have some milk or... Yeah. You gotta have something. Don't, you don't want people getting choked and dying, dear. Yeah, yeah. No, don't want people dying while they're having a. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, that's not really. That would be like the opposite of good tourism happening. So, yeah. 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 The well, first, the first uh, hot dog eating contest fatality. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would personally, like, worry about that because do you know how much sodium is in a hot dog? <laughs> maybe, they use, maybe they use reduced sodium hot dogs or something. Yeah, like tofu or hot dogs. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, put us in charge. Yeah. Of the eating contest, well. but... There you go. There's your next uh, next summer. You can uh, I don't know. Next summer you can volunteer for that one. Well, I don't know. I, I was kind of volunteering both of us to be, you know, input on this because uh, I feel like we have different uh, strengths in that. Yeah, but you know, you know the area better than I do, so you know, you would know <laughs> the demographic of the people who would enter hot dog eating contest so I think you would be much better at that but you love hot dogs so I feel like you have the edge there yeah but I mean there's lots of people who love hot dogs so I don't feel that you know my knowledge is exclusive so in other words I just feel like you're saying you don't want to work with me on this so (laughs) well I mean we have worked together on lots of other projects and uh you know, it kind of ties into our uh, guest tonight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So our guest today is a singer and a songwriter and a baseball player. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's another good summertime activity, baseball. Exactly. Uh, what is more patriotic than, you know, as you were saying, apple pies, baseball. Hot dogs. 
Hot dog. <laughs> Chevrolet. <laughs> Dodge. <laughs> yes, you know, the flag. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, like Tim McGraw comes to mind. He uh, was a baseball player. Yeah. His, um, his, uh, was he a baseball player or was his, I know his dad was. Okay, well, he either was or by proxy he was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Tim, so if you're out there listening, I'm sorry. We don't know this off the top of our head. I think he right. did play well, baseball, I mean, though. One of us knows it, and one of us is unsure, so we're just going to say it's possible. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't either one go to the Taylor Swift concert, so we don't really, you know. Like, she was not a baseball player. No, she was not a baseball player. Uh, I mean, but didn't she have a Tim McGraw song? Yeah, that yeah, it? yeah. That was like her first big hit. Yeah. So it was see actually there. titled Tim McGraw. Yeah, well, all right. We'll see. I knew that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our, our guest today, Brian Ruby, uh, he is all those things. And um, I would say that it's, you know, it's pretty hard to 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 be a professional baseball player and then try to break into Nashville into some type of professional career. Yeah, uh, I, those two things don't sound even remotely similar. Except for I could see that, um, you know, the dedication that you have to have to be good at a sport so like you have to be very disciplined to and you have to I, I imagine you would get rejected like quite a bit too yeah 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 I could see that so maybe that prepares you for when they say well your song sucks or you know we don't <laughs> <laughs> you're not really what we're looking for you're like you know not enough country or you look a little right bit. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We got a hundred songs like that, you know, whatever the case may be. Right. Yeah. We've talked to a lot of people about the, you know, the things that they've gone through to get to the point that they're at. And a lot of it is rejection, like actors deal with, you know, getting rejected for a role because they don't look the part or, you know, all those things you mentioned. So, yeah. And so, so it is hard to, uh, it's hard to get rejected, you know. Yeah. But you get used to it if it happens like every day. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to certainly in that in that type of business. I guess it's something that you have to get used to, or you're going you're going to fail. I would guess. Well, you're already failing, um, so you know what's one more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you you know if you don't come to terms with it, you're just gonna no, you're never gonna go anywhere because I mean then you're like, well, I'm not gonna, you know. Yeah, because I think you probably like some people when they get that first rejection because everybody probably, you know, when they go to Nashville or when you approach anything like that where you're where there's a lot of competition, even the hot dog eating contest maybe. You know, like, you go there thinking, like, I am the best. I am great. You right, know, yeah. I am ready. And then, you know, there's, like, 10 million of you, <laughs> right. you know, there uh, to try to get one spot. Um, and 
So, yeah, I mean, it could be very hard when because people have they've sold in cases like everything they have to go there and they're like sleeping on couches at whoever will let them stay, you know, just like, yeah, like they really have given up everything for that dream. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's all part of the, you know, part of the ritual, I guess. I mean, rarely does anyone go go to Nashville and, like, you know, the next day they're signed to a record deal or something, you know? Yeah, you got to pay the dues. And then sometimes, you know, really talented people pay the dues and they just never... So I think there's a, some amount of luck to it all. Um, yeah, I would guess so. Although, I don't know that there's, like, any rejection in a hot dog eating contest. Well, I mean, it was for $500, so let's just throw that out there. If you won that, uh, you know, you're going to pay $500 for seven minutes, and, and plus you're getting a free a free dinner. Yeah, uh, lunch, yeah. Whatever, <laughs> I, just don't, I just don't know if they, if they reject anybody from entering the contest. I wouldn't think so. I mean that, but I don't know. I don't. I mean, there's probably a number of slots because yeah, you know, well that I could see. Yeah, so you might be like, let's say that you know, twenty people could enter. I know, I don't know what the number was, but if if twenty could enter and you were number twenty one, you would be like, yeah, you know, yeah. So I mean, aside from that, what would be the criteria for rejecting someone? <laughs> I can't think of anything. <laughs> if their mouth was like wired together, you know, like <laughs> yeah, okay. some people used to do that in order to, um, you know, lose weight. Yeah, <laughs> they would have their their mouth wired together so they couldn't like do anything but drink, you know, liquids. Yeah, that's. I, mean, uh, I don't really personally know anyone that did that, but that's great dieting I, advice right there. Well, I, I mean, I'm not saying. I'm just <laughs> saying, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, it probably could work. Um, I don't know, though. I feel like you could probably get, like, a lot of different food in your mouth. Um, anyway, let's get yeah. back. Let's get back to our guest here. Yes, rejection and, you know, how <laughs> how he has, like, dealt with that. Because, obviously, in sports, he must have dealt with it. And, and I think that is a good parallel to what he would face, um, you know, and, and becoming a singer-songwriter. And, and that, too, is like, you know, that's two things to be rejected from, like your songwriting and your singing. That's career. true, yeah. You could be a good singer but can't write a song at all. Or, or just the opposite, a great songwriter that can't sing. And then you got to, like, exactly. you know try to make people like hear how great this could be if you could actually sing it to them you know in a better <laughs> voice or whatever yeah, yeah. so um, one thing though that i think ties in a lot to something we can relate to because it seems like well i don't know we i mean we are in some position of rejection i would say um with writing um you know with uh podcasts it's probably yeah i mean i guess i mean some people you know uh, but they won't they don't know unless they read it and then they you know uh, i i mean i guess we 
with the podcast, I mean, there are certain people who won't listen to us because it's not about a subject that they're interested in. So that's a rejection. And then then with writing, I mean, there's always the, you submit it for, you might write a, a play for some reason, you know, like a contest or whatever, and it gets rejected or whatever. Or it doesn't do as well as you would hope because you think it's like the next great thing and other people read it and they're like, eh, no. <laughs> so. Or they don't get it, you know. Yeah. Or, or they like want to start rewriting it for you, you know. Like, yeah. okay, well, you know, let's, let's change this and, you know, that kind of thing. Which is like, in a way, that's a little form of like rejection. I feel like it makes you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we, another thing I think we can relate to is the fact that he um, is doing, he's releasing a duet with Ty Herndon, who also is a country singer that um, has had a, a lot of success over the years in country music. So uh, working together, a collaboration, um, you know, I think that is something that we can relate to about his story. Yeah, I mean, we've worked together on a number of different things, and, uh, you know, it always seems to go pretty well. Um, so what do you think is the hardest thing about collaborating? Um, just getting, you know, like, each other being on the same page as far as, like, what the goal is and... Uh, you know, how the story's going to progress and things like that. Uh, and, I, and I think we pretty much, um, I don't know if we're on the same page. <laughs> Maybe sometimes we're not even in the same book, but... Um, <laughs> that does but happen. But somehow we end up, like, you know, okay, um, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it ends up that, you know, during the writing process, like, I'll take over and start writing stuff, and, you know, and then you end up just doing the editing part later on, or, you know, reminding me that I didn't tie up some loose end or something like that. I mean, that's happened before. And other, other times we, you know, we spent writing different parts of things, and, like, then we have to bridge how they fit together. So. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think I think the main thing is that we communicate. I would say really well compared to a lot of people that I know. Yeah, we uh, haven't we haven't had really too many issues, just mainly on direction and things like that. Or trying to remember, is this today? Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there has been or what that. was that idea that we had what were we going to put there <laughs> yeah <laughs> did you write so. that down no <laughs> yeah. I thought you did <laughs> yeah <laughs> what were we talking about <laughs> yeah what were we talking about you remember we were somewhere yeah and... you know you said something like oh yeah yeah that. yeah yeah. yeah. So and and then we may or may not like get to that, but right. Yeah. So I I think uh, I'm really excited to hear his story for those reasons of like what it's like collaborating for him and and really, you know, what is it like trying to break into professional careers that are 
so um, full of rejection and so competitive. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting for, interesting to hear about it for sure. So, yeah. So let's it, go ahead. Love, love songwriters. So uh, that is true. We do love songwriters. Yeah, going to have Risha Allen. Speaking of that, singer songwriter. Uh, we're going to have her on later in this season, and uh, really looking forward to that as well. Yes, if if people don't remember, um, she was the one who performed your song that you wrote earlier this yes, season. Yes, she did, uh, and that was quite, um, you know, quite um, a success. I, I'm going to count that as a success because <laughs> many people complimented that that was a great, creative idea yeah and she's a great singer so oh my goodness yes she is yeah, she and is. songwriter you know not in that case she didn't write that song but she has her own songs that are uh, wonderful and you know we're going to talk to her too i can't wait for that yeah that's coming up in a couple of weeks isn't it yes yes it is all right so, so we got we got a, a strong ending you know we're we're kind of winding down the season um, but we're going to have some, a strong ending, so. Oh, yeah, ne and next week we're talking to the people from your theater group. Yeah, the Mystery Meets. They're going to be on here, and there's so much to talk about there. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be an interesting one. Yep. All right, so for, for this episode, we're going to talk to Brian and, uh, Get his Ruby. take. Yeah, Brian yes. Ruby, and uh, get his take on working with Ty Herndon, and uh, his new single and uh, baseball and songwriting. <laughs> but not hot dog eating contest. <laughs> well, we don't know that. I mean, yes, that'd be a good question, but yeah, you know, remind me to ask it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. We'll talk to Brian. Brian Ruby, I want to welcome you to Data Backstory Sessions. We're so excited to have you as our guest. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Well, I have so many questions for you um, because we, I don't think yet, have had a baseball player um, <laughs> to be a guest on our show. So, you know, you've got a fascinating backstory. Let's start with that. Um, so you grew up in Pennsylvania? Uh-huh. Grew and, from, yep, from Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, born and yep. raised. So where is that exactly? Like, what's that next to? It's right. It um, it's right near. I, I like, let's say, if I fly in, I either fly into Philly or Allentown, kind of in between the Philly, Lancaster, Allentown sort of area, Lehigh Valley. Oh, it's that, not that too. That was my my territory. That's not too far from where I am. Yeah. yeah, I'm up near the yeah. Poconos, like halfway between uh, Allentown and uh, Stroudsburg, I guess it would be. You got a great, great area to hang out. I love it. I love it up there. It's, you get away and and uh, have some fresh air to breathe, and yeah, it's, it, it was awesome. Uh, so, what was life like there that um, helped prepare you for baseball and for music? It helped prepare me. Oh man, um, just you know, my well, my dad was a baseball coach, still is, uh, high school baseball coach back home, 
So I grew up on the ball field pretty much, always going to different different games and practices. And uh, I guess that that prepared me. And you know, there's a lot of failure in sports. There's people think it's it's easy to hit a baseball, and <laughs> it's not. <laughs> the best players get a hit three out of ten times, and if you do that, you're really good. But that means you fail seven out of ten times, and that that's a really good way to prepare for being in the music industry. <laughs> As Jerry say, it sounds like that would lend itself to uh, you know preparing you for rejection that you're inevitably everyone's going to have. I'm sure. Yeah, and but it teaches you to just kind of keep pushing through it. It's it's one thing to to uh, to fail, but the true measure of if you're going to succeed is, I think, just being able to show up every day and do the best you can. And some days you you aren't feeling too great, and some days you are. But it's really just about showing up, you know, showing up for the, to the ball game or to the music thing or what whatever you're applying that towards in your life. And that's definitely taught me a lot over the years. So, did you play t-ball? I mean, have you always been into sports? Yeah, I, I have. I mean, I've played not just baseball, but like I played little league, little league baseball, American Legion baseball. Uh, played basketball a lot growing up. Uh, I would play street hockey. I would play, and I mean, just sort of in a very unofficial kind of way, play soccer, football rounds. I mean, I was, I've always been an athlete doing something and uh, always running around outside after school and until the sun went down and then same thing the next day. And that was, that's been my life. And, and, uh, you know, I, I still, still am doing that in some ways on, on the ball field. But I love it. So um, where did music enter your life? Yeah, music, I would say, like, I had a little, tiny little guitar as a kid and would strum it and wasn't really good, <laughs> but uh, played a little bit of piano as a kid and I would always sing just kind of on my own, again, in a very unofficial way, just for fun, and and that turned into bringing my guitar on the team bus uh, for road trips and stuff. I don't know if you've seen the movie Bull Durham, but one of my favorite baseball movies, but there's a guy in the back of the team bus who plays his guitar and, and he forgets the words to a song. And that's me, except I, hopefully I, I remember the words, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And, couple years ago three and a half years ago I moved to Nashville and that's really been probably you know the best decision I ever made was moving to Nashville and and getting immersed in the songwriting scene and every night I'm out on the town every night when I'm in town I'm, I'm I go out and meet other songwriters and go to writers rounds and have really really dived in headfirst to the songwriting part of Music City and you guys are just just starting to hear that with, with my new releases coming out now. 
So um, what prompted the move? Um, so you talked about singing on the bus. How did, were you like singing songs that you were starting to write at that point or where does the songwriting begin? Sometimes. I've always tried to write a little bit. Uh, so not, you know, they say your first couple hundred songs aren't, aren't that great. So um, I've, I've written a whole bunch of, of bad songs, but um, I've always kind of had had it in my mind that Nashville is going to be the place. Um, as a as a high school kid, I was an intern at my local country radio station, 92.5 WFTU. And one day Christian Bush came in. He's a half of, of Sugarland. And he came in on a, on a radio tour solo promoting his, his solo record, Southern Gravity, at the time. And he talked to all of the people at the station, not just the DJ and the program director. He, he talked to everybody, including the intern in the back of the, of the room. And that was me, a little 18-year-old kid. And, wow. and he, I said, how do you do this? And he said, well, you know, really, I'm a, I'm a songwriter. And I said, what's that? I, I truly didn't know that there are people who write their own, people besides the artists who write songs. And right. behind every every artist is a whole crew of songwriters. And he sort of explained that to me. And and I said, how do you do that? And he's like, well, you can go to Nashville. And, and since then I've been like, all right, I'm, one day I'm gonna move to Nashville and be a real country music songwriter. Fast forward almost a decade and here we are. So did you have any plan B or, um, you know, what did you plan to do while you were trying to make it as a songwriter? Yeah, plan B, there, there really is, is not a plan B. I mean, I've always been in baseball, so that's always been something that I can, I can do um, when I'm not doing music. But I guess plan B was be a baseball coach like my dad, although... You know, to be honest, I don't don't really want to do that. I, I'm I'm full force with the songwriting, so I, I've done stuff, you know, to get by. In the meantime, I've done a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> have uh, worked for an apartment leasing company in Nashville briefly. Uh, Uber driver, Lyft driver, <laughs> doing doing odd jobs you know just kind of getting through but truly the it's it's there's only a plan a and and it's it's going to work out because there's no other plan like that's that's it takes however long it takes and that's that's where i'm at and um you know that's a scary thing for some people to say but for me it's truly a full commitment and you know i i know it's going to work and it may take a while but I, I i believe in my songs and i believe in what i'm doing and and the people that i'm working with the good writers in nashville and writing songs for me writing songs for other people and it's it's what i'm i truly truly believe that it's what i'm meant to do so a lot of the songwriters that we've interviewed, um, you know, some of them worked at like 
Kroger, different things like that. And, you know, they would have their um, celebrity um, that would be the chance meeting, you know, that made things happen for them. Um, how much of this do you think is going to be talent and how much do you think is making the right connection, being at the right place, the right time? That's a great question. I don't know. I think it's a little bit of both. A whole, actually, a lot of both. Uh, there's a quote. I forget. I, I saw this somewhere. I wrote it down. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Mm. So you could, yeah, you could run into somebody. It's, it's, it's plausible that it could happen. Run into somebody at Kroger in Nashville or famous story about how listened to a Shane McAnally podcast yesterday he's he's one of my favorite writers and he ran into Walker Hayes at Smoothie King (laughs) (laughs) in Nashville so it's in here he is years later as a hit country artist and it all started at Smoothie King but see and I thought it would be at Applebee's so right (laughs) Applebee's on the day yeah right (laughs) Uh, that's funny. That's, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, I think, but I guess one of those moments could come, but, but right now I'm focused on preparing for that. I, I want to have a song that, you know, if in the right situation, like at a writer's round, if somebody important comes in, I have a song that, that can knock your socks off. Like, right you have to be ready for that and then i think that's part of the part of the athlete mentality for me is that i have just kind of grown up with and have had to have in order to be a baseball player for so long is is like if you if you get a tryout in sports you better be ready you know it's you could get a tryout but if you're not practiced and ready to go then you're not going to play very well and it's same thing with if you get that lucky chance maybe to be an opening act for somebody on tour for a couple shows or or to to be playing at a bar and somebody important walks in you know you really want to be ready so yeah I'm, I'm getting getting ready for it as we speak <laughs> all right well um so do you remember the first song that you wrote Yes, <laughs> and I hope that nobody ever hears it. <laughs> <laughs> Was it inspired by a personal event, or um, where did the idea for the first one come from? The first one, so it was the first song I ever wrote, which you can, I guarantee you, you will never, ever be able to find anywhere. I'm not posted on social media, not released, nothing. <laughs> It was called Bridge Over the Train Tracks, and it was about, there was this old train that used to come by where I lived, lived down in Georgia for two years, uh, and it, it, it would come by with this super long train with coal that was actually all the way from Wyoming, all the way down through Georgia, going to a power plant, and so I, I sort of wrote a song about that, but. I guess I could, I could revisit it, spice it up a little bit, and call it Coltrane or something like that. But that'll be a project for another day. 
down the drain. You know, like there's going to be somebody out there listening that's like doing a film or something that they need a soundtrack with a train song and right. they're this and be like, you know, I mean, it could be just like something random like that. That you know, uh, you, you truly never know. I was just talking to somebody this morning about songs for a Christmas movie. You know, you you don't, and it's it's the middle of June right now. So everybody so. has a Christmas song. Um, like our yeah. podcast, we have so many guests at that time that are promoting their Christmas songs for movies or just a new Christmas song. Uh, it's amazing, really. Yeah. Yeah, you truly never know what somebody need, is going to need. And, and I guess the key as a songwriter is just to be willing and ready to, to write it whenever it comes. So what is the writing process like for you? Do you write every day uh, or do you hear certain phrases and that just like triggers something in you like oh that would be a cool song or you know what's it like where do you get ideas yeah it's different for each song i'd say i'm always open to receiving a song idea whether it's during a conversation and somebody says something and i think wow that could be an interesting song idea or if i'm in half the time it's <laughs> to be honest it's when I'm in the shower or driving in my truck or I'm just, you know, you just think of something and, and the trick is you write it down as quick as you can before you forget. You gotta, you gotta get it down. Or I have the million little voice notes of me humming like a little melody on my phone. Sometimes the lyrics come first. Sometimes the melody comes first, but the trick is just to catch it when you got it. And then, and then when you have some time and you actually feel like sitting down to try to really write it, then you you pull out those notes and it's a little bit easier than starting from scratch when you actually have an idea that you can work off of. And we're going to be talking about this standout, um, which is your latest in just a few minutes. And I know that you had some co-writers, but... Uh, in general, what's it like for you with co-writers? Do you like that versus writing alone? Or I do, I definitely do. I, I'm definitely have been integrated into the Nashville style co-writing community, and most of the songs we write have a couple different co-writers, and I like that just because one, they're pretty talented people and so it means that the ideas that you're you're bouncing around are being improved upon I could have something and then my co-writer says well what if we turn it into this and and truth be told that's an angle that I didn't even think of for my idea so it's it's helpful and sometimes I can do that with their ideas and you know, we all think of things in, in different ways. So I love co-writing and occasionally I will still write songs by myself. And that's, that's a really interesting way too, because you got to really dig deep, but I, I do a mix of both. I'm trying to think, Matt, was it Kent Blasey that was saying that, um, 
the co-writing was kind of like a date when you first meet was it him i think it was yeah so yeah do you find that to be true that when you first meet someone to write with that it is kind of like you know this may work or we may be parting ways very soon uh, that is a good analogy. Yeah, I would say it is like a date without the romantic part. <laughs> <laughs> without the kiss at the end. Um, yeah, and so, sometimes it goes well, sometimes not too well, but sometimes it could turn into a great marriage of writing dozens or a hundred songs together, like Elton John and Bernie. Yeah. You know, those, those guys are partners for life in, in songwriting and have have uh, spawned a whole bunch of hits because of it and sometimes it could be one and done and you go on the date and you go out for dinner and you decide uh, this isn't for me and and then you go home alone <laughs> I, I guess mean, it depends do you feel like you pretty much know like on a date um you know on the first date like there's that attraction or there's something that you know there's something there or there isn't yeah sometimes i could feel it sometimes i'm really really vibing in the room with the person you know writing the song and i can tell okay we really want to let's get something else booked so we can write another one and sometimes it's sometimes it takes a little bit and to i have to think after the song and, and sit with the song and really figure out if it's good or not because sometimes it's it's pretty hard to tell like when you're when you're in the when you're in the moment but then you know it can it'll really come out in the end like if if you're if you're working on something good sometimes you may have a bad first date but it could turn into a great marriage like you know if the if you're you could tell that you're connecting with the person but uh but the song's not good that's okay and you know give this songwriting another shot with that person and and you know maybe songs number two three and four are going to be your good ones it's it's just really hard to tell and you just have to always keep an open mind and and uh see what you can come up with well it just certainly sounds interesting to be able to you know find those creative people that you connect with and as you were saying maybe have a different angle you hadn't thought about what is it about Nashville because we hear this often but I guess you just have to feel it and try to explain it to us but you know it seems like there's a spirit there or something that um, that doesn't exist outside of Nashville for songwriters there really is there there's so many songs that capture that spirit. I'm trying to think about a great one. Well, Tim McGraw, uh, Damn Country Music, is really a song that sums up that Nashville feeling of what it's like. And uh, I don't know, I think about that song. Jesse Alexander wrote that. And, um, great, great songwriter. Uh, it, it really is that feeling, you know, there's no other place like it. So much creative energy in in nashville and, and something that i you just feel when you're on the street even the street signs some of them play music 
<laughs> like walking walking down the street downtown all of a sudden there's a there's a there's a sign on the street where there's a speaker somehow and it's playing country music and it, i i heard that for the first time and i was like wow this is really where i want to be hmm. even though i'm sleeping on a futon and living in the <laughs> house with five guys when i moved and just trying to trying to get by with all the stuff in the back of my truck but that's what we do and you know i think the struggle makes it all worth it in the end well i'm, I'm glad that you um were mentioning a couple of the songs um that you feel like or the song that's a good example of that spirit of nashville but I, some of the songs that i saw um, that you have influenced or shaped you in some way. And I just wanted to, um, you know, talk a little bit about a few of those um, because they're not all country. Um, yeah. Somebody to Love by Queen. Uh, what is it about that song? Oh, man. I'm so glad you have this list. I don't know where you got this list, but I, <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love Freddie Mercury. Yeah, he's just such such an artist. You know, he's doing his own thing. His his he's got his thing and and just powerful songs like earth shattering vocals and somebody to love is is totally that. And I I don't know. I mean, it could be any Queen song. Honestly, you could use there, but it, I I love that one and, and such a pure message. And he, it's just like perfect songwriting and that's uh, that was the song that's that's really shaped me a lot well it's a great song for sure and freddie mercury is so talented and um you know i saw that like the biopic about his life and so i guess you know this would be a good time to talk about um you being openly gay um yeah were you able to relate to Freddie's life or was it, um, you know, was it an easy, were you, did you find acceptance, I guess, with peers and family and. Yeah, I guess, I guess I did. I mean, I have always like just really respected the music of Queen, but I guess I have like related a little bit to Freddie. I, I've seen the movie. Definitely, definitely feel that. Um, in my my journey, I I have been been lucky and received acceptance from my family and and in one of the big things that I was really nervous about when I was getting ready to come out was was uh, was in the baseball world. You know, I I didn't have a hero that was like me. I would watch games on TV as a kid and wonder you know is there anybody else out there like me playing baseball and and uh that was definitely kind of kind of tough to to not be able to see people like me and they say if you can see it you can be it and that's kind of when i decided to come out flash forward years later as a professional baseball player and and you know wondering if I feeling like I, I wanted to do something that that could make my younger self proud and so that's that's why I decided to come out and I've been really lucky if 
people have accepted me in, in baseball and my teammates have been totally cool. And, and in, in Nashville in the songwriting community, you know, people have been totally cool. And I think times are changing and I just want to be somebody who's known as a good, good songwriter and a good baseball player and a, a good guy. And, you know, so that, that was like one, I just viewed it as like one, one more thing about me and, you know, now people know and, and it's cool and I'm just going to keep living my life, which is sort of what I've been doing. And, um, but there have been people in Nashville who have been really supportive, like Ty Herndon is, is one and <laughs> a whole bunch of other people who have paved the way for, for younger artists like me. And, and so it's been going all right. Uh, do you hope that, as you were saying, you didn't really see anyone in baseball um, that was like you or that you weren't sure? Um, mm -hmm. Do you hope that younger people now will be able to look at you and see you as that um, example that it's possible to be you? And I think so. Hopefully. I, I think so. I think one of the things that we did, we created a charity called Proud to Be in Baseball, uh, proudtobeinbaseball.org, or on social media is how you can find us. And the whole idea was exactly that, was to make sure that nobody feels all alone in our sport. And there's 16 million people that play baseball. And so, you know, some of them are gonna, gonna need our, our little proud to be in baseball community that we're forming and so that that was kind of the idea and, and I do wish that you know no younger version of myself has to go through what I went through and feel all alone right. and that that's really isolating and but you know now we're we're I feel a very strong purpose to do things that that we're you know that show people that you're not alone. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm glad that you shared that so the listeners can visit and learn more. Uh, yeah. Back to this list of songs, the second one, it's Just a Dog, uh, Mo Pitney. Uh, what, what about that song um, influenced or shaped you in some way? Yeah, that's. I'm so glad you brought that one up, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I was at the local shortly after moving to Nashville, the local is like a great little gem of a spot for songwriters to hang out right near Vanderbilt. And it's, uh, it's just a super chill place. And so Mo Pitney played that song and he had grown men, big, tough grown men, all every, if you look around the room, everybody was crying. I mean, it was such a, such a, meaningful song for for me because I, I had a dog growing up. I had a three-legged dog uh, who, who passed away and that it really brought up all, all the old emotions. Was, he was my best friend and yeah. man, man's best friend and, you know, passed away and I wish he was still here. But I, I, I listed that song because I, I want to be somebody who can make people laugh you know make people cry make people 
get up and have a good time and chug a beer and <laughs> be dancing, you know, all night long at the honky tonk. Like you want songs that can, as a songwriter, that can evoke all those different emotions. And so it's just a dog. It's just like, if you haven't heard it, I would totally recommend, recommend listening to it, especially if you, if you own a pet and it's, it's a, such a great song. Have the Kleenex ready, apparently. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, well, this just like, not... Ma- Ma- like Maggie's song, Chris, Chris Stapleton. That's another good one in that category. Get, get the Kleenex ready. <laughs> well, this next one seems a little, I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. Um, scenes from an Italian restaurant, Billy Joel. Yeah. <laughs> I have a big mix of songs that influence me. Uh, scene from an Italian restaurant it's like a seven minute seven and a half minute song um, really a, a Billy Joel epic piano ballad and it's just it takes you on a journey of a, the story of these people and uh, again it's it's when a song can transport you into a whole nother world and a whole nother dimension you feel like you're you know, like I'm listening to Billy Joel and in a bar in Long Island, <laughs> not sitting in my house in Tennessee. Uh, I love that one. And Billy Joel is another, growing up, I would listen to a, a good amount of Billy Joel and Elton John to go along with, with, uh, with country and a little bit of rock too. So that, that was a big influence of mine. Do you play piano? I do not very well. <laughs> uh, I, I do. I can play. I can play bits and pieces. I can play a little bit of Piano Man. I can play a little bit of scenes from an Italian restaurant. Uh, I, I know. I know it, but I. I I'm not going to claim to be a pro. Pure, pro <laughs> piano player. No. No Stevie Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think you can tell a lot about a person and a song, you know, even their songwriting just from the songs that they pick. So I always find this part interesting. And, and so I've selected two more of your choices. Um, the next one, I saw God Today, George Strait. Yes. Oh, another such a great song. And another song that just hits you and, and um, just I think it's the fact that I like those songs speak to the kind of songwriter I want to be like I I want to be able to write the fun party songs but I also want to be able to write the 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 meaning of life songs (laughs) that's that's a me that's a meaning of life song right there I saw God today and and, um, again it transports you into that moment that he's in uh, with having his his a new kid and baby baby daughter and and you know really talking about the finding god and and the meaning of life like some truly amazing things in in your everyday life and i, I love that song well and it kind of ties into the next one family is family casey musgrave <laughs> so i you know, a little different there, but um, what is it about that song? Yeah, that song is, I can, 
when I think of that song, I, I feel like I've lived that song so many times sitting at the, at the dinner table with, I have a big family, all these cousins and I have two, two siblings and a bunch of cousins. And my mom is, is one of, of five kids and her side of the family. And so there's a decent shot that on any given Sunday, we're sitting around the dinner table, ready to kill each other, <laughs> but, but we'll have each other's backs when it comes down to it. And, and so that, that's just a song that's again, just very real in, in my life. And I think in a lot of other people's lives too. And, um, I, I love that you mentioned that one. So uh, it sounds like you'd be giving a kidney or they would give you a kidney if you need Right. Might smoke like chimneys, but they give you their kidneys, right? (laughs) Friends come in handy, the family's family. Yeah. Well, Matt, do you have any questions before we talk about the standouts, which is, uh, you know, a really great song that I do want to give a lot of time to here. So, um, you had said that you play guitar, obviously, and uh, I was just wondering if you, like, had a favorite one? Did you name it? That kind of thing? I, I do. I have my, my first guitar was a 1982 hand-me-down Kramer. Mm-hmm. That was my dad's. And he, he wasn't even really a guitar player. He just sort of had one hanging around. And so it was his old guitar. And I thought, I still have it to this day. I, I thought, man, this has got to be worth so much money. It's from 1982. This is, in, this is vintage. And so I, t- I took it in to get appraised, and the, the guy was like, yeah, I'll give you 75 bucks for it. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm, I'm keeping it. It definitely has, it has a whole lot more sentimental value, but that's, that's a favorite. I ha- Currently, I have a Martin, and a, uh, I love that one. And uh and I'm, I would love to get a, you know, get a real nice guitar one day to, to bring on stage. But, but right now we're making do with what we got. And, and, I don't know, uh, man, I'm right. Like, I don't know. Martin is pretty, uh, pretty nice guitar. Yeah. I, I have a, I have a, um, one of the, uh, Martins are, are very nice. I have one of their, one of their less expensive models, but I, I, you know, I would really love a nice one. Sure. A nice Martin would, would be great. One day, I need a hit song first. So. <laughs> have you done the? <laughs> it's fa- coming. Have you done the factory tour up here? Oh, the factory tour is great. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Martin. I w- actually went on that with my mom. I, I brought her up there, and and both of us are checking out the whole process of putting them together, and then at the end, you get to see all the get to test out and play all the everything every model and it, yeah. it, it's like if you're if you're a guitar lover that that's a can't miss destination right there yeah and the, and the tour ends in the gift shop <laughs> oh and that's that's how they get you yeah that's how, yeah thanks for taking the tour yeah come buy a thousand thousand dollar piece of piece of wood <laughs> yeah 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 do you play electric guitar too as well? Uh, I can a little bit. Uh, mostly just I stick on acoustic. Uh, my thing is mostly write and sing, and I, I play a little bit of guitar, a little bit of keys. But um, 
but it's it's mostly just sing and write. And I think you know mm-hmm. one day my goal is to to be that guy at the at the front of the stage and to front a, a big band and yeah you know I can I can play some songs on guitar and join band for some songs, but I, I want to be the guy that's running around and jumping up and down and working <laughs> the crowd and getting people fired up and having fun and and drinking beer and you know that's definitely my heroes in country music and tim mcgraw kenny chesney and and even some of those rock guys like freddie mercury's running around and working the crowd and that's definitely what i what i want to be doing cool um yeah so you play piano you said any any other instruments no, that's it. I would love to learn harmonica. To be honest, I would, uh, I would love. Uh, right now, it's just piano, guitar, sing, and and write songs. And but I, I would love to have a to be able to pull out a harmonica mid show and and you know do a do a song with a solo and yeah. really rock it. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll get around to it one of these days. And, and I'll, I'll bring it out at a show and you guys can see it down the road. All right. Yeah. Anybody that you're uh, dying to work with? Dying to work with? Um, I mean, I know, well, there's, I, admit, I know there's a ton of different people, there's, but. There's a ton. I think definitely on the bucket list would be Desmond Child. Mm. Great songwriter. Wrote "Living on a Prayer" for Bon Jovi, "Living La Vida Loca," Ricky Martin. I actually met him last week at a show, and um, we exchanged contact info. And awesome. So I'm kind of hoping that maybe that that happens down the road. And I mean, getting to write a song with him would be truly a dream come true. And yeah. somebody who's so so talented, I would I would love to do as an artist as it to do a duet with Brooke Eden. I love the EP that she just put out mm-hmm. called Outlaw Love and uh, I would also love to do something my you know as an artist uh, it would be a dream of mine to open up for Brothers Osborne. Oh cool. They would be those guys tear the house down. I mean they're they're awesome. Yeah. They're uh they're they rock it and I would I would love to to be their opening act one day. All right. Well, we're putting it out to the universe for you. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put it out there. You never know. Maybe they're listening. That's Maybe right. they need an opening act. That's never right. know. It's good. It's good karma. There Put it go. out into the universe. There you go. All right, Kat. What else you got? All right. We're going to talk about the standouts. And so this is a... Um, a duet with Ty Herndon um, and let's talk a little bit about the meaning of the song though um, so this is about ordinary people that are doing extraordinary things um, and they don't always get noticed I guess so yeah. you know, who do you see in, in this category like who, who are the standouts as you see it yeah, it could be anyone, and I think that's the beauty of the way that we wrote the song is that we, we've been getting messages from lots of people who are telling us about standouts in their lives. But for me, the, the true standout that I mostly wrote the song about was 
is is my my grandfather um he he was he he's 85 he's still kicking and he's doing well and fighting through cancer right now and he's he's uh doing a great job and um he's somebody who who served our country he's retired u.s army and and uh came back home and uh, started a family of of five and raised raised five kids and uh, opened up a small business and back in my hometown it's still in existence to this day actually my uncle and my my aunt run run the, the family business but um you know it's just somebody who's never been in the in the news who's never had anybody really do something for him like this and somebody who's just is a standout and it's just trying to trying to make a better life for his family so that's really who I, I wrote it about. I, I have my little sister in mind too. She's a, a middle school math teacher. So she she's somebody who is really standing out as well. And um, I think Ty, you know, I asked him to, to do the song and he, he's a standout. I, uh, I released the song originally as a, as a single, uh, just as a solo project but decided to do a duet with him as a as an extra version of it and a special version of it he's he's somebody who's who's inspired a lot of people and who has struggled with with things for for a while but has always persevered and i really look up to that and respect that and um but th those are all different kinds of people who can be standouts and and people are telling us about even even more people you know you don't have to be famous you don't have to be in the news sometimes people sometimes it's just people who are extraordinary doing ordinary things and so who did you let listen first to the song first i actually showed it to to my my grandpa he's Aww. Yeah, I, there's a video on my Instagram from this fall of him, me playing it for him for the first time, and he he was uh, got a little choked up at the end, which was really really a special moment because he's a real tough guy, and you know that was that was a really that was a that's a memory I will I will cherish forever was showing it to him. Aww. Well, and that's so good, too, that you have that memory captured on video. So, yeah, it's in your mind, you know, ingrained there, too. Um, so, so this was the co-writing song. And mm -hmm. how did it go? Like, was this a smooth, um, you know, who come up with the idea? Just tell us how, how did it come to be? Yeah, so I have two co-writers on the song, Chad Sellers who is another great songwriter in Nashville and originally from Iowa, Anthony Fiddler, who's a Canadian guy, uh, lives out in the Vancouver area, but does a lot of Canadian country production and stuff. And um, it was it was all of us. It was a true group effort. Every song is different in in who who spawns the original idea and, and you know what each person contributes but I felt like we all contributed to this one and 
and uh, as well as the as the production people, our producer Smith Curry, great did a great job. He totally captured the mood. I felt like we didn't want to. Some of my other songs, you if you listen to Baseball Country, that's a real rocking one. Left Left Field, which was my debut single, is another upbeat one, and um, and Two for the Road is an upbeat one, and um, but this one I, I felt like he they somehow captured the this sort of sentimental kind of meaningful uh, the meaning within the music so the the music felt appropriate for the 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 topic of what we were talking about lyrically so um we really captured that and i think just everybody i tried to tell everybody to think about people they know who are standouts when we were in the studio that day recording this song and so just to just think about that as they were playing their instrument and I think it that that strategy kind of worked and and we ended up with a pretty good pretty good track yeah I I love this song um and and I think I think you're right that you know like a lot of people were going through my mind as I listened to it um so I think each person will you know just automatically think of the standouts that they know and relate to it so yeah it was going through your mind well uh my dad um is a, a standout and um you know he's since passed away sadly um but he never was one that got any attention or, you know, sought any attention, but he was like the most influential person um, for many people without even, you know, trying. It's just as who he was. And, um, you know, he didn't graduate from high school and he, he worked a lot of jobs that people, wouldn't even consider to be important jobs but mm-hmm. you know he supported the family and he he just was a wonderful dad and so you know he he Amazing. definitely would be my standout always and that kind of you know maybe with father's day and that kind of thing being in the uh, picture it, it kind of influenced me in that way but you know my yeah. dad one of those absolutely i love that i love i love it that you know it it feels so good to me as a songwriter that people can use this song to connect with with people in their lives and and it's so thank you that that was really cool to hear yeah well gotta you know i i think that's uh, now that i guess they're standouts you know through a song that you've created um you know yeah getting their moment uh, as people recognize them so I think that's great Matt who who do you have that's a standout well of course myself I mean you know (laughs) 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 I guess he never attention to himself yeah yeah well um, you know there's uh, any number of people in my life uh, you know my uh uh, 
my father is kind of he kind of fits the bill you know he did a couple interesting things in his life and uh never got a lot of credit he and i were estranged for most of his life and or my life and uh you know we didn't get to spend a lot of time together because my parents split up when i was pretty young but um you know he he did have some influence on me i look like him i have some of his mannerisms and stuff and uh you know i kind of followed a, a little bit of his path so mm. yeah yeah i'm curious it's amazing that sorry oh, i no, cut ahead. you off i'm sorry go ahead no no i cut no, you're no. up you're no. the you're the interviewer <laughs> I, for, I forget what i was gonna say <laughs> um i was just gonna ask so um uh what's next for you i mean anything in the in the uh, works that you want to talk about yeah what's next so we're on a in the middle of a ballpark tour right now Mm-hmm. I'm singing the national anthem, singing God Bless America, singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Sometimes I'll do a pregame or postgame concert at the different stadiums. I've done a few major league stadiums. It's a really cool connection for me to be able to be in the baseball world but be doing music stuff. Yeah, and awesome. actually, last night we did City Field. I got to sing take me out to the ball game during the seventh inning stretch at the Mets game in New York, which was pretty, pretty cool. That was a, little, that was a lot of people there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so I'm going to keep doing that throughout this summer and midsummer. I'm going to put out my, my next song and probably late, late July, early August. And it's another upbeat rocking song. Philly, really a, a feel good summer jam and, um, and then after that, I'm going to release my debut EP, which is called Diamonds Are Forever, and it's going to come out late summer, early fall. is is going to be. We don't have a specific date yet, but that's that's my debut EP, which is going to be sort of a celebration of of my time in baseball and and what it's like that kind of lifestyle and some songs about being on the road and and um, really going to be a tribute to that style and spirit uh, at the ballpark and and um, more music after that so i'm right. writing tons of tons of songs and i'm always writing and and trying to figure out what i want to record next and already have my next few planned and ready to release but yeah i would say just just keep following and and come see us live and if, if you're at one of our live shows come up to me afterwards i love i love meeting people you know if you're listening to this today and and uh, i love talking about music if you have people who are standouts in your lives for the people who are listening to this today you know send us a message and we're actually thinking about putting together a video with some of the standouts of of different people that have have liked the song so send us a picture of of that person who's a standout and and we'll try to get it in one of our videos coming up wow that'd be that'd be an awesome uh that's an awesome idea actually yeah we'll see what we can get we've got some cool submissions so far but but Mm -hmm. if you're listening today yeah send it in to send it you could send it on social media send it to to brian ruby or or um 
you can email it to contact team Ruby at gmail.com. That's, that's our, that's our little submission email for that as well. But yeah. Kat, you got one more question before we let Brian go. Yes, well, I have to make a comment, too. Like, uh, here, you know, I was getting the Kleenex ready for that Diamond song, because I'm like, oh, you know, this is going to be like a sappy love song thing. (laughs) (laughs) Then you're like, Baseball Diamond. I'm like, whoa. I mean, you could still like, you know, it could be a love song and, you know, the love of that sport, but... Yeah, you had me tricked there for a minute. <laughs> well, you you're not entirely wrong. Uh, you, have, you have there is a little bit of a love twist in the song ooh. towards the end, but I'm gonna I'm unfortunately I'm gonna have to make you wait until it comes out. To, it'll be it'll be this fall when we release that that EP, but it, it that'll be a real nice moment as well. Uh, yeah. Well, I- not wait to hear that so i will be letting you know once i hear the twist so my question is who is it that you have like i don't know been on Ticketmaster or in some queue to get tickets for you know like who in your lifetime has been that concert or that artist that you just like had to go to Oh man, <laughs> uh, that's so funny because so many people have been stuck on Ticketmaster trying to get tickets for Taylor Swift and Beyonce and all those people. Um, Kenny Chesney, I will say, he's a he's somebody who's always always doing those big tours and and uh, another bucket list person that I would love to see who I haven't seen. It's Garth Brooks. I, I I know he puts on a great live show, but um, haven't seen him yet. But I've I've been in that, definitely been in that uh, in that big big uh, Ticketmaster queue for for uh, some bigger artists like like Kenny. Awesome. Well, I think you know you learn a lot about people in their musical taste. So this has been so fun, Brian. I'm so glad that we had you on today, and I'll be looking for that song in the fall. And I encourage everyone to listen to the standouts and, you know, send that photo in of your person. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on, and I'll come back anytime. It was great talking to y'all today, and uh, hope to hope to see you at a show down in Nashville. Thank you, Brian. We really appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, John. I'll see you soon. All right. Take care. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to Kat at IWritePlays at Outlook.com or you can write to me at backstorychessing.gmail.com or Matt at level11ventures.com Take care.